Welcome back to The Gavel and the Gabble. It's me, Harry. I'm based in Windsor at our auction house, Windsor Auctions. And I am joined by my erstwhile and favourite colleague. It's, uh, am I your only colleague? Is that what we're saying? It's Simon here from Lime Bay Auctions, our other auction house in what is vaguely sunny Devon today. How are you, Harry? Nice. I'm very well. Although I was slightly thrown in the warm up to this where you just said we spend far too much time together. That's slightly thrown me. <laughs> well, we did. Well, what have we, three days last week uh, up in Windsor. Actually, it was it was good fun. It was a little bit challenging, though, wasn't it? Our two day auction in Windsor. Why was that, Harry? Why was it a bit challenging? Uh, well, in previous uh, in a previous episode of this podcast, I alluded to the fact that uh, April, May, well, all all days, both auction houses are busy, but I had piled it on in those um, for the next four weeks. Um, but I'd also, and we would, we learned a new word, one that we don't use on the antiques trade, bit corporate. We onboarded. Is that it, word? it sounds a bit onboarded. like waterboarding, which does worry me. Yeah, that's quite right. We onboarded a new auction platform. So we've been using the sale room uh, for years and just bidding on that. And then at Windsor, uh, we decided, mm. well, I sort of decided mm. to bring on Easy Live earlier than we had discussed. <laughs> and then um, because I've actually got nothing to do with that part of the business, then walked out the door and went on a load of appointments while you drove all the way from Devon to fix it. Is that a fair <laughs> reflection of what happened? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure I did fix it, if I'm honest. Um, so, dear listener, we had for the first time in a long time, we have done it before, haven't we? Uh, first time in a long time, we had two auction platforms, meaning that the rostrum was being bombarded with commission bids on the book, bids from the room. Thank goodness for the room. Thank goodness for the room. Bids from Easy Live, uh, bids from the sale room, uh, telephone bids, and we had over a thousand lots. I'm not complaining, dear listener. It was fun and challenging all at the same time. Would you agree? The look, I can't tell you because we do this with a video screen, obviously, so I can see Simon. Uh, the look on Simon's face at the moment when he asked that question was, um, well, I've got to drive to Devon in a minute to go and do an auction with him tomorrow. I'm in fear of what's left of my fat frame. <laughs> Now, we also, um, you did a cracking job at finding um, a... Not me, not me, Emma. Oh, Emski. Emski found a yeah. lovely young lady um, called Sophie. Um, now, I mean, I really have got nothing to complain about, have I? Because poor Sophie, what a baptism of fire that was. We trained her up on the Thursday to use the Easy Live bidding platform. And within... 16 hours of her training, she was live on the rostrum with us two, Herberts, auctioneering with us 640 lots on the Friday with the new platform. My word, she did an amazing job. Considering the pressure that we put her under, considering she's never done uh, the internet bids on a live rostrum for an auction before in any way, shape or form. My word, didn't she do well? She did really well. And um, obviously uh, it was uh, different for us as we've sat next to each other for well over a decade now, chit-chatting and, um, oh, as one person put it who was in the uh, room the other day, um, he said, uh, well, that's not the usual auction um, sort of presentation I was expecting. 
but I will come again. I was like, all right. Thanks, oh, thanks. okay. I, I don't know whether I should be taking that as a compliment or not. Yeah, she did really, really well. And um, do you know what? Today, technology is not have, is not our friend, is it? Technology is not our friend. It's not our friend. She did really, really well. And um, we are hugely grateful and looking forward to welcoming her. Uh, she is going to be a part-time member of the team at Windsor. And she'll be with us every auction day and days surrounding mm. um, auction, which is great. And we're uh, very happy. And for the gentleman who had uh, those comments to make and several others, um, I'm sure we'll be sharper next time. But we are <laughs> famed for um, we are famed for being uh, professional. But, you know, there's got to be a little bit of humanity going on. Oh, there's got to be. Uh, no, no one likes to listen to a dry auction of numbers it's not a cattle auction exactly we don't we don't need that in our lives um now uh i i need to mention so other things i've done this week uh, i started the week uh in stroud and i mentioned this before yeah. with shine house tours and they hosted these uh panel discussions in uh this beautiful setting and people um came and had a look and chat and there was all sorts of people displaying things that they were selling and dealers and it was great fun i sat on a panel with um chap called adam hills from retruvius mm-hmm. uh, who's all about recycling and that's how he's built his business at the beginning he said yeah i started diving in bins in glasgow <laughs> and now he's got this really really fantastic successful business repurposing with his designer colleague um salvage and he was uh, really, really good fun. And then another lady called Sasha Wilkins, who's a dealer, who actually buys from us and you. Then we were um, hosted by uh, Karen uh, Harper-Cuz, who's uh, this fantastic lady, who, as I put in my thank you email, made me sound a lot brighter and more amusing than I actually am. So that was great fun. And it was, do you know what? It was a lovely hour and a half, two hours of chit-chat, Q&A, um, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, the the seminar title was the inside track on sourcing vintage, antique, and reclaimed pieces for the home. To say that we wandered away from topic, I think was the. Uh... <laughs> so what was the? Um, come on, give us the the sketch because it sounds like a fantastic day. Um, you were on the panel. Um, people were asking questions. No, so we were interviewed individually or chit chatting, and we were joining in and going, okay. lots of cross chat and. Um, Asked about how we got into the industry. Obviously, I mentioned you and that we were two men having a midlife crisis yeah. um, in the corporate world who set up a business. Somebody said, does Simon know you talk about him like that? And I went, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. He'd say the same yeah, if, he, if he was here. Yeah. Um, and um, then, you know, so there's a little bit about each one's history. Then there were topics about, hang on, I've got a piece of paper with topics on it. So they were asking, um, I tell you what, my bio sounded a lot more interesting than it than we actually are. One of the questions was, what is it in particular that puts fire into your belly to drive yourself forward in your work? The hot chip challenge. Yeah, the hot chip challenge. No, another one was good. I like this one. Do you see a renaissance in appetite for antiques, vintage and reclaimed pieces? Mm-hmm. Um, how has the market changed in recent times? Obviously, I chit-chatted about how um, lockdown had affected the market and how we'd found lots of younger people. I tell you one of the comment, one of the questions which um, you and I tr- I tried to steer the conversation away from, frankly, was: Has it made it harder for each of you to source pieces at sensible prices, 
or beat others to special prices. And then both dealers just stared at me at that point. I went, <laughs> because obviously we're the, mm. we're the sort of, we're the ones who bring it to market. And I was like, mm. uh-huh. yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Was there tea on the way? Did somebody say tea? <laughs> you know, or something like that. Uh, so yeah, there was all that sort of stuff. Um, but I have to say, um, Shine House Tours, who, I mean, I didn't realise, I did realise because I researched them. What they do in the um, Cotswolds and other places is that they go to really, really interesting houses mm. and get the owners to open their houses to the general public right. for a fee, which is, usually, I believe, donated or part of it's donated or something. I get that impression. Um, so you get to go round some of these amazing private homes oh, wow. that are beautifully interior designed and all the rest of it. And then for this particular event, all the money was given to Stroud uh, Women's Refuge. Now, I would like to make a point about this is that um, obviously these charities are hugely important. But Stroud Women's Refuge is a national charity. I thought it might just be local. Local. But they yeah. will help women and families, women and children anywhere in the uk so i think that's a point that they're trying to get out at the moment and if we can our listener wants to spread the word um do but yeah so they were the and the people who and they were just so lovely to me and uh a massive thank you to them because they really made me feel a bit special and it was good fun um so that was that so that was the beginning of the week then we had you doing easy live on the thursday then we had over a thousand lots on the Friday and the Saturday. A baptism so, of fire for poor baptism Sophie. Baptism of fire. Poor Sophie. And um, we got Easy Live going alongside the sale room. Uh, we're on a three month trial with them. So we're going to uh, see how that all pans out, aren't we? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It, uh, it's a, it's yeah. an interesting, yeah, interesting it's challenge. A, yeah. Interesting challenge and dynamic. Uh, and then we're recording this over the bank holiday weekend. And then we're all going on the rostrum with you down at Lime Bay Auctions on Tuesday. And we've got one of our most interesting sales for a long time down there. We've had a, we've had a, a fabulously exciting month with gold coins turning up with some really quite magnificent artwork which we're going to put under the hammer uh, on Tuesday um, there's some terrific furniture um, has showed up uh, some modern furniture as well as antique you know 18th 17th century furniture we've just had a really interesting month and so we've managed to put up a hugely eclectic, um, curated auction uh, that covers so many different topics. Um, yeah, it's been really good fun. And I am genuinely looking forward, Harry, to you uh, trotting down the 303, jumping on the rostrum with me and seeing how it goes on Tuesday. So it, it should be a lot of fun. There's a lot of interest in the sale. So I'm I'm delighted with that. It's always nice we, we obviously, Harry and I, can see the metrics of how many people are registering, what they're wishlisting, uh, what they're earmarking, um, and uh, and all that sort of stuff. We've got, um, oh yeah, I meant to ask you, I'll ask you live on air, why were there so many people bidding from Lithuania at your auction? What was going on there? Um, I have no idea why we had such a large Lithuanian, um, it, it, it appeared more than you think it is, because actually I think there were four or five Lithuanian mm. bidders 
Um, and they use, and I've, I have checked, they don't use one platform, but they use another. Um, and they've all been in touch already and they're organising. They have a courier who comes and collects things and off it goes. And so it's all going out to Lithuania, this yeah, stuff, yeah. is it? It's, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's all going to put in the van, apparently. But it would seem that they like And it's not like life. one thing. So we had a massive, we had a massive military section or military, a, guy, yeah. a guy who collected a lot of, uh, there was quite a lot of reproduction uniforms and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So there was, uh, they bought a quite a bit of that, but they bought glassware, ceramics, uh, a little bit of furniture. Um, like you, we had quite a wide ranging uh, end mm-hmm. of month catalogue. Um, yeah, yeah, they bought yeah. a bit of everything, bought a bit of everything. Um, but yeah, so we'd not encountered these particular bidders before and they are off and running. i tell you what was else was interesting is a guy came in after the sale to collect his items who lives... And this is just goes to show. So we have quite a busy internet presence. Uh, we have a lot of 100,000 people view our website monthly. And we have big Facebook presence and lots of this and Instagram and, you know, local newspaper advertising. He lived seven and a half miles away. I'd never heard of us. <laughs> yeah. Until, mm-hmm. until it went up on a new platform. And he went, oh, I use that platform all the time and I'm addicted to buying. And now I found you. And I was like, right, well, that's not at all weird, ah, is it? And I thought, all that weird, money you spend with local magazines and all the money you spend advertising, and this man had managed to slip through the net. So I, 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 I just say that anecdotally, but it was really interesting uh, to add to your Lithuanian observation. Now, uh, Simon, we have a host of questions that producer David um, has asked me to ask you or ask us, but I've got the sheet of paper right. in front of me. So I'm going to fire away. off. My favourite uh, colour. Mm. Yeah, no, there is one of those, but yeah, it's not yet. Right. So sometimes when I've seen an auction on one of those reality shows, I don't think they call them <laughs> reality shows, it seems like the person making the bid makes such a small hand gesture or motion that it's hard to tell if it's a bid or just someone scratching their ear. Have you ever mistakenly accepted a bid or thought someone made a bid when they really didn't? Uh, yes and yes. Yes and yes. I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. I mean, uh, the best one is when somebody uh, walks onto the sale room floor and starts waving at their friends. Ooh, hi. Yeah, we've taken those bids many a time, um, I can assure you. I don't think, I don't know, at our auction houses, Harry, we do not encourage the sly wink or the it's not it's just not i think that's almost a little bit from the you know i don't know from the movies or something like that it's a lot of love there's a lot of love joy isn't there in that? it's a lot of love joy good shout yeah it's a good we encourage our bidders to make it perfectly clear to the rostrum that they are placing a bid so that it cannot be uh, misconstrued so you know, when we have some strange fish come in who decides to waggle his little finger or her little finger at us, we will tend to refuse that bid. You need to make it bold and clear so that we accept a genuine bid on behalf of our customer. So, yeah, we have taken <laughs> we have taken the wrong bids from waving happy customers. But we always back it out, don't we, Harry? We always take it back. We'd... We always roll it back one. Exactly. I tell you what is funny about. Um, I tell you what is funny about the uh, little. The only time, well, two or three times in the last six months at Windsor, and I think we've commented on this before, 
we've had some uh, t- uh, some hotly contested silver sales, and we have quite a lot of bidders yeah. in the room for that section of our sale. They always tend to like to be present. And there's a lot of sly winking, tipping of hats going on in that because they all are within 30 feet of each other, if, if not less. And they're all trying to outdo each other. And then they all go out for lunch afterwards. It's all very bizarre. Um, but they, um, so that's the only time when I've had to really, in years, had to keep an eye on that sort of stuff. But yeah, no, I agree. And it's all and, and it's always entertaining, Harry, when they decide that they're going to move around the auction house that and suddenly helps. pop out from behind a different piece of furniture. That's uh, that's always yeah. challenging. Yeah, we had one this week <laughs> who hid behind a, uh, a coin buyer who hid behind a unit and expected us to be able to guess that the waggling of a um, brochure of a catalogue was, <laughs> you know, between the two legs of a table was actually a bit. Uh, with the pace of an auction being so fast and with items being sold every minute or two, used to be 30 seconds, thanks to the internet, uh, how do you keep track of who won what item and at what price? What organisational processes do you have in place to keep everything straight? How many and what employees have a role in this? Oh, my days. This feels like a job interview or either well, that or some, somebody else is setting up an auction house, a rival auction house. I'm not well, sure. I, that... <laughs> I think maybe we should message Dave and say, is this podcast just you gleaning information so you can set up your own auction house? What do you <laughs> I think this is. The auction pace is fast and in our auction house, we have multiple ways of tracking uh, the whole thing, do we not? So I mm. have what uh, lotting sheets in front of me, which have my, well, I somebody called it my script the other day, so let's go with that. But all the mm-hmm. lots in order, their descriptions, estimates, guide prices, notes from the vendor, and all that sort of stuff. I will write the winning bid and the winning bidder number on that. You will also input that into your screen in front of you, which is a double check. Which then populates the back office system. I hope you're taking notes, David, um, which produces an invoice, which the office can then print out instantaneously with all of the winning lots, winning bids and commissions on it. Um, If you'd like to book a slot, we'll uh, talk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what so organizational are... processes? There's lots of organizational processes. That's it. And how many and what employees have a role in this? Well, everybody. Everybody is constantly in auction houses. You've got valuers, but on auction day, what tends to happen is that everybody's keeping an eye on prices achieved, who's bidding, what's going on. Um, we've got members of staff who will be doing phone bids and all that sort of stuff, who are fiercely competitive in both houses. Um, on strange, behalf isn't it? of yeah. their phone bidders. And it can get quite, in in a friendly competitive way, quite testy between, um, yeah. so we'll often have three people on a phone for one item, three, people, three phone bidders along with the internet commission bids, uh, platforms and all the rest of it. And they will be giving each other daggers, will they not? Absolutely, um, but they're all yeah. but they're all at it. They're all um, so yeah. Phone bidding is uh, great fun, um, and they all uh, um, they take it very. But all of our all of our teams take it very personally. And um, we have several members of staff. If their phone bidders have lost out, if they've lost three phone bids in a row. Not happy. Not happy at all. No, not happy. They, not happy. they, they, they want to win. They want to win that item for that customer. And if that customer 
doesn't win the item, then they take it very personally. It's a, it's a yeah, funny old Absolutely. Game. And also some clients, I'll tell you this, some clients, it is funny, some clients have their favourite phone yeah, yes. person. So yeah. um, my daughter has a career of her own, um, does help out on auction day. And we have people who actually ask for her because they've had luck in the past when she's uh, when she's manning the phone so they'll ring up and say can you get eliza to uh to do this and that's all like our, our little rabbit's foot bidder yeah exactly so it's quite fun right next question uh <laughs> oh, what happens oh this you're gonna love this uh oh. what happens if a bidder can't does not pay for what they bought does it go to the next highest bidder or is it realistic we have a pack of trained killer hounds which we <laughs> let off of the leash in the general direction of said bidder uh, those hounds are rarely released so therefore they're hungry very hungry okay we do on occasion do we not harry have some naughty bidders naughty i, I will call them naughty um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, let's try and keep this pg let's try and keep it pg naughty bidders who for reasons best known to themselves um place a bid uh with no intention of uh following through on the transaction invariably that isn't a problem and as your questioner rightly points out we will approach the underbidder we will also bar that bidder from ever bidding on our auctions ever again because it's not funny um but we will always approach the underbidder um and uh assuming that there is an underbidder and if there isn't we will back the transaction out and with the permission of the vendor we will put it to our next auction and it will have its real day in the sun the two important things to that are, uh, one, we notify the vendor immediately that we have exhausted all um, attempts to extract payment from the individual and that they had no intention of paying and they're not going to pay. Um, so that they're in the loop. They may well say to us, well, actually, I do want it to go back into a sale, um, but I don't want it to go to the underbidder, in which case we take clients instructions. But normally what we would suggest is it goes to the underbidder. However, what people should be aware of is that auctioneers, although we are a competitive industry, we all talk to each other. And the platforms that we use to put bids out, uh, out there also provide us with a system of telling each other who and the behaviour of bidders. Public record, you can read it if you want to read it. Uh, it's there. And if you requested any comments that are on your account, um, you can see it all. However, we can block you. We can say you didn't pay within the time, uh, time frame because each auction house will have its specific time uh, for paying. You didn't collect on time. Maybe you were um, out of character that day and were rude to a member of staff. Anything like that, we can put in the comments, um, which therefore means that auction houses can read those comments and we can decide whether we're going to allow you to bid at our sales. And I think it's important to remember that we employ people and those people should be respected just like in any job. And this is my big bugbear at the moment is if you talk to anybody who works with us, Simon and I, as genial and as fun as our podcast is and our uh, on rostrum personas are, we are fiercely protective of the people who work with us. And if you're rude to them, you see a completely different side of us. And we will ask you never to bid at either of our auction houses again. 
Um, and we're not unique in this. So it is a message to all. Don't muck people around. And we appreciate there are on very rare occasions. I'm on my soapbox now, I can tell. Uh, <laughs> who's had a change of circumstance when an item's bid. There are things that trip, trip people up in the world. You talk to us and we will be 100% understanding and we will listen to what you've got to say. But generally speaking, be polite and that's how it works. So, yeah, be aware Be aware that auction is we all chat to each other and people ring, ring each other up. We had a case where somebody had felt he'd been defrauded, saw that the guy had registered on, on another auction house, on one of our auction houses, rang us and said, look, you need to talk to this chap because we never got paid and he tried to get the goods. So, you know, we all talk to each other. Has there ever been an item that you personally wanted at an auction, I'm guessing? Um, if so, how do you handle it? In my case, I cry when somebody else buys it and I put the hammer down. That is a very, very good question. Um, and, of course, there are many, many, many items that come through the doors that say, oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I love that. But Harry and I learned very, very early that this is a business. It is not our own personal shopping mall. Um, and the only time Harry and I have ever bought things at auction is if the item goes through an auction, doesn't for whatever reason sell. And at that point, we may approach the vendor and say, I'm personally interested, da, da, da. We cannot, we will not approach the vendor prior to auction because that would obviously look like we know something we're not divulging to the vendor that it's worth more, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we will not bid at our auctions and none of the staff are allowed to bid at our auctions. And people don't often understand this, but here's the reason why. If I on the rostrum was to bid for a beautiful uh, Rolex watch, which we have coming up on Tuesday, Harry. Oh, uh, nicely, put much... in. nicely put in. Thank like you. Your work. Thank you. Love your work there. Segway, segway, segway. Beautiful. There's a beautiful Rolex watch um, in our next auction, which I covet and adore. Um, if I was to genuinely say, I will go up to £14,000 on that item, I could genuinely say, I will go up to £14,000. The bidding is going to start at eleven. yeah? If I bid against the room and bailed out at 14000 and the room bidder then bought said watch for 14500 if he was aware that I, the auctioneer, was bidding, he would very quickly say, you, the auctioneer, ran me up because I would have had that at £11,000 if you hadn't have got involved. So you are on a win-win there, Mr. Auctioneer, because you either get the watch that you want or you make more commission by running me up and making me spend more money. So it's totally unfair for Harry or I or any of the members of staff to bid at our auctions. Oh, and by the way, there are thousands of other auction houses. I don't have to bid on my own. And we do often, don't we, bid on other auction houses, you know, for things that we find and things that we like. Um, but we do not bid on our own auctions because it's a business and we are here to do the very best for our clients and our customers, not ourselves. And that has been an unwritten rule for many, many years, Harry, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, yeah. And we've tried to avoid it. Um, we, yeah, we try to avoid... It just makes it too complicated. And yeah, if I'm honest, I've seen plenty of things over oh. the years and years and years we've been doing this that I would absolutely love to own, love to have in my house. Um, I often say to people that actually I have had that in my possession. I've managed to 
feel it, look at it, go mm. through that, you know, all the rest of it. And therefore that's been quite fun. So I feel I've sort of um, interacted with it for some time. So I, that's, a month, a that's a privilege that a lot of people, although, yeah, and that's a privilege lots of people don't get. Okay. Um, most important question of the last question, then we've got to go on to something else David's asked. We've got a lot of David content today, producer David. Uh, one final question. This is from producer David directly. Uh, big, big moment this. Uh, what is your favorite flavored jelly baby? Really? That's yep. it. That's, That's it. all he had. David, That's seriously. I feel I feel you've narrow, narrowed my career down and defined it so succinctly with this question um, that I'm slightly embarrassed. Uh, oh, do you know what? I like them all. Oh, that's nice. I really like the red ones. Um, not that it matters. Um, and also, I will laugh because um, we, at our last sale, a very nice customer of ours um, produced a, a packet of Jelly Babies because people feed us on the rostrum. Um, and these were covered in Jelly Baby dust, which I managed to get my eye. So that was yes. nice. I went blind we actually- momentarily. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I'd forgotten about that. We actually had to stall. I had to paddle on the rostrum whilst Harry, the clown, uh, started yelping and rubbing his eyes. We thought that there'd been, I don't know, an acid attack or something. No, he just managed to puff some sugar into his eye from jelly a baby rogue dust. jelly baby. Absolutely, absolutely jelly baby How embarrassing dust. is that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was, a, it was quite funny, I have to say. A jelly baby incident on the rostrum. Right. Moving on from questions, uh, as this has been a correspondency-type um, episode, now I need to talk about um, We you ask people to send in reviews uh, and uh, actively encourage them, and we'd reel a few out. So uh-huh. are you ready for these? H. Hinton, 1991. As rich, flavoured and addictive as a bag of jelly babies. Great listening, promising both laughter, auction, insight and encouraging a positive environmental message on sustainable upcycling. Would thoroughly recommend both following and attending their auctions. Well, what a nice man. Do you know what? He's always been my favourite. Always been my favourite, that chap. Lisa Gerd. Absolutely brilliant, entertaining, witty and humorous, a fabulous insight into the world of antiques and the stories behind them. Well, thank you. Oh, Lisa, that's that's lovely. Thank you very much indeed. That's really lovely. I thought I thought the internet was all about trolls and meanness and all the rest yeah, of it, well, but apparently it's not. Oh, OK. Hold back on it. We're coming to that, are we? No, 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 you're all right. Uh, these are all lovely, these ones. Uh, Paul oh. S45. The Chuckle Brothers of the auction world. These guys know their stuff and their insight into the auction business is fascinating and made even more enjoyable by the great banter between them. Well, I mean, thank you, Paul S45. But as we started this podcast with Simon telling me he's spending too much time with me, I'm not sure that's going to last. I'm not sure it's going to last, no. But that's very kind of you and we really appreciate it. Thank you ever so much. Simon doesn't do a lot of reading below the line, so these are quite fun for him because his first these time... These are all new to me. Good for his good for his ego. Mrs. Miserly. Miserly, what? I think. Mrs. Mrs. Miserly. This isn't going to go well. Um, no, no, this is a good one. Mrs. Miserly. Yeah, everybody has a handle. Cheers me up every time. So enjoyable to listen to and gain some knowledge at the same time. Cheeky, cheerful chappies. They are so human that they have made me unafraid of auctions. Ah, oh, Mrs. Miserly. Come along. Come and join us at an auction. You will be most warmly welcome. And then how about this one? Last one. 
auction chat. Love these two chatting away about just about anything on top of what happens in their week at the auction houses. Yeah, just about anything sums it up, doesn't it? Have always yeah. loved the story about finding treasure, and this podcast brings it to life in a great way. Wow. Keep the uh, reviews coming in. They're very much appreciated. We're going to bounce into tomorrow's auction on ah, a wave of good feeling. I tell you what, that's made my day, quite frankly. They've cheered me up no end. Thank you so much for taking the time. Very Good kind man. indeed. Um, now, to let you know, we've got a Historics Car Auctioneer special yes. coming up. Uh, we're recording that in a couple of weeks. So if you're into your car auctions, uh, that's going to be great fun. Um, it's not something Simon and I do. Uh, I know very little about it. Simon knows a lot more about it. Um, and also has a passion for cars, has been highlighted in the uh, pod before. Um, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, we've also got, um, if you are fans of the bidding room, somebody pointed out to us that we've probably um, interviewed quite a lot of people off Bargain Hunt and, oh, what's the one we do? Simon? Antiques Road Trip. Thank you very much. The one they record occasionally with us, Antiques Road Trip. Um, so we've got AD off um, the bidding room. But Brilliant. now this is an important thing. Um, his lovely wife, who is a fellow dealer and they work together, is joining him on the pod oh. um, because like us, Simon and I, he works with his wife and we felt it was important that we had them both. on as, as both on, um, Brilliant. not just him. So that's quite fun. So they're being recorded in a couple of weeks. We've got a couple of other interesting folk coming up. So don't worry, we'll be back to interviews uh soon we are also going to get michael um baggett back yeah um sooner rather sooner than we thought i was going to say sooner than we thought sooner than we thought to talk about um arc the antiques rescue center which he's uh started uh if you're a reader of the antiques uh, trade gazette which we hope you are um you will have read that that was on the uh, uh second story of the day i think um, so we're going to get him back on to talk about that. Um, we have no idea why he didn't bring it up when we interviewed him not that long <laughs> ago. Um, but it's a really interesting uh, project. So we are sending a message out to him and we're going to get him back on because that is a hot topic. And Adam Hills of Retru uh, Retruvius brought it up with me and emailed me and said, Harry, this is we shouldn't be destroying things. This guy is... Uh, taking in items of ivory, photographing them, turn them into a database so that the items aren't lost to history. Um, obviously, they're not being sold or traded or anything like that. And it's really interesting. So we're going to get him back on. That is fascinating because it will also answer a question which we're getting a lot these days, which is, I've got these ivory items to sell. No, you can't sell them. But they're pre-1940. No, no, no. The law has changed. Well, what do I do with them? I don't have an answer for that. So I think Mr. Baggett is going to be our saviour here who has come up with an innovative and interesting, nay, fascinating um, answer to that tricky question, which is now being poised. So thoroughly looking forward to that. Great stuff. Yeah, so yeah. And I imagine Simon and I will e speak even less on that episode that we You'll be pleased to hear, dear listener. <laughs> uh, right, uh, Simon, what, do, uh, what does our listener need to do? Not sell ivory. Not sell ivory. What do they need to do? Subscribe. Listen. Well, ideally. <laughs> ideally, that'd be nice. Um, 
not take it too seriously. Subscribe, review, not take it too seriously. Uh, subscribe, like, and review, and spread the word. Leave us a comment because, uh, and you know, it's your comment. You can leave whatever you like, but obviously we'll decide whether to read it out. <laughs> <laughs> right, mate. Um, uh, we're not giving too much away, but I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed it. Have a lovely rest of your day. All right, buddy. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye.